Thank you very much. It's a blessing to be here. And I did just get back from Japan. So if I look a little bit tired, it's because I'm on the other side of the world. But I'm actually feeling really good. I hit the ground running. God has really blessed, and I'm so glad that I could be here. Thank you for the invitation. This morning, or this afternoon, we want to look at a few very important things. So I want uh, first to focus on some statistics. I found these very, very interesting as I was looking through these. You know, the... Uh, state of religion in the United States of America is very interesting. We have seen um, religion on the decline, but did you know people are still very interested in their sp spiritual health, especially when it comes to how they interact with those who provide health care? Let's look at a few things together. 75% of Americans perceive religion as important. This was a Gallup poll that was done very recently. So that number might surprise you as it did me. 75% of Americans perceive religion as important, and yet a small percentage report that a doctor has talked with them about their spiritual faith as a factor in their physical health. So a lot of people realize that religion is important, but very few of them are finding their healthcare provider actually integrating that component there. Now, would people like that to happen? That's another interesting question, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of people who believe that it's important, but do they really want someone else to address them on the issue? The research continues on, and nearly 70% stated that, if they, that they would trust uh, their physician more if they discussed their religious faith. So people are definitely open to it. Those uh, who show that they're interested definitely would like that interaction. 94% of patients for whom spirituality was important wish their physicians would include spirituality. Often, there seems to be a big chasm between the two. Isn't that right? But people are actually looking forward to it. You know, I do some volunteer work over at the uh, SAC clinic. They're the new one there on G Street. I'm the volunteer chaplain, one of the many uh, volunteer chaplains that are there. And we find that people are very open when they know that that service is available. People really appreciate this kind of dialogue. And so it's truly amazing. Here's something that I also found quite remarkable. 50% of patients for whom spirituality was not important felt that doctors would or should at least inquire about spiritual beliefs in cases of serious illness. As we all know, you know, when people come to critical situations in life, they might be atheists, they might be whatever, but when their back is against the wall, when they're in the trenches, so to speak, and the bullets are flying, people say, there is a God. There is a God. Lord, help me. Isn't that right? I mean, when people's back are against the wall, they say, yes, I believe, <laughs> right? We're going to look at a few very interesting statements that are going to help us very much. But as we look at the literature and as we specifically focus on the Mayo Clinic, we, uh, if you look at their webpage, they have a little section there about the benefits of meditation. And I would like to include prayer in that as well. Prayer and meditation have a lot of benefits. Let's look at some of the things that it has been uh, shown to help with. 
anxiety disorders, asthma, cancer, depression, heart disease, high blood pressure, pain, and sleep problems. That's a pretty amazing list, isn't it? And if you consider why many people are coming to the hospitals, certainly one of those things is one of the reasons that they're there. Isn't that right? You know, I, as was mentioned, they do a lot of health education around the world with uh, the ministries that I work with. And still, we see that heart disease, cancer, diabetes, these chronic diseases are what's causing so much pain and suffering in the world. And so these people are specifically open to the benefits of prayer, of prayer. Now, this one was fascinating to me. It's a little bit older, but uh, in the Journal of Pain and Symptom Management, look at this, right after pain pills, what is it there? Prayer. Prayer. People are very interested in prayer. They believe that there is something there, something that is outside of themselves or what they can get in a traditional way. They believe that prayer is very, very important. 82% said pain pills. 76% said prayer was important. Wow, so interesting. Now, how many of you have read Roger Morneau's books? Anyone here? Roger Morneau? fascinating books absolutely amazing if you have a chance I encourage you to get this book it's actually part of a series of books that Roger Morneau uh, wrote and he was a prayer warrior and in the book more incredible answers to prayer there's a whole chapter that talk about prayer in regard to miraculous healings and I'd like to share just a few of those real-life situations with you uh, the first one is Roger Morneau himself. He had a lot of different health challenges throughout his life, but later on in life, he was coming to a real crisis point. He was diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer, very serious diagnosis, and he had this prayer. You can read the full prayer in his book, but there's a few things in this prayer that I'm going to come back to in just a few minutes as we look at the prayer of faith. He said in his prayer, You know, Lord, that I am not afraid to die. I am not trying to tell you what to do or how to do it. If it is your will, let your great power of life permeate my being so that when the surgeon operates, he will find no tumor or cancer present. He prayed this prayer three weeks before he was to go in for this operation. When the surgeon looked and they went through the procedure, what do you think happened? Nothing. There was no cancer there. The surgeon came back and was absolutely amazed and said, I don't know how to explain it, but you have no cancer. It's gone, completely gone. He was miraculously healed. Does prayer work? It definitely does. And what's interesting, you know, there's a key phrase here. If it is your will. Very key point when it comes to prayer. Praying according to God's plan and accepting His will is very important. Let's look at a few more cases, again, in the book that Roger Morneau wrote. I tell you, this man was a prayer warrior. He had a prayer list of 700 people. How's your prayer list doing? When I consider mine and I consider, you know, my wife and I have a daily prayer journal. We go together. We kind of cycle through names. But he would pray for these 700 people on a regular basis. 
you know, he had retired and he said, the only thing I want to do is pray for other people. And so his life was permeated with prayer. And when you read the stories, it was not just physical healing that happened when he was praying. He tells one story of when he was sitting in a car and there was a couple arguing in the car next to him. And, you know, they were just going at it and he prayed. And all of a sudden it was just like, you know, uh, Something happened, a hammer came down or something, and they totally stopped arguing. They looked at each other, and they started speaking peacefully. They looked like they made up, and it was absolutely incredible. So let's come back to the power of prayer for the critically ill. Cyril was Roger's friend, also diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer. As soon as Roger heard of this case, he started praying. And many other people who believe in the power of prayer started praying earnestly. They did this for three weeks before Cyril was supposed to go in for his uh, procedure. The labs showed improvement that was there. It was remarkable, even that, because it was an advanced case. He went back later, tested every three months, and eventually free from cancer. Isn't that good news? Isn't that amazing? Prayer does work. And finally, the last one that I wanted to share again from that book, Edmund's ex-wife had a crippling bone disease. She tried all kinds of different things. Lots of uh, procedures were done, but she specifically requested prayer from Roger Morneau and he started praying, and in just a very short time, the pain diminished, just a few days. You know, she, it was painful for her to walk. It was painful for her to do anything, but in a few days, the pain was less, and she was soon ambulatory, and she was able to help others, and that was such a blessing to her own experience. Now, I'd like to share with you a few things from one of my favorite books, which has played a remarkable role in Loma Linda University. You know, Loma Linda University and this book have a long history of decades of benefiting the world. So Ministry of Healing, written in 1905, there is a chapter there, chapter 16, that I would encourage each one of you to read or reread. It's Prayer for the Sick. And it has some gems of truth. I'd like for us to contemplate just a few of the things that are here. Is this not true? Listen to what it says. Often those who are in health forget the wonderful mercies continued to them day by day, year after year, and they render no tribute of praise to God for His benefits. But when sickness comes, what does it say, everyone? God is remembered. Isn't that what we started off with? Isn't that true? When people are sick, they just they know that there is something else that they need. And so the idea of whole person care, bringing in the spiritual aspect is absolutely vital and people are open for it. They're ready for it. When human strength fails, men feel their need of divine help. On the next page it says, God is just as willing to restore the sick to health now as when the Holy Spirit spoke these words through the psalmist. And if you're reading the book, you'll find that Psalm chapter 103 is quoted there. 
And, you know, that's the one where it talks about God being like our Father and pitying us and remember that we are but dust. And so uh, it also quotes Psalm chapter 107, which talks about how God heals us in our diseases and in our challenges. Christ is the same compassionate physician now that he was during his earthly ministry. In him there is healing balm for every disease, restoring power for every infirmity. This is absolutely a beautiful thought for sure. And we're encouraged that recoveries will follow. Just as the Bible mentions in Mark chapter 16, it talks about a ministry of healing and healing and prayer go together. Recoveries will follow for the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of what? The topic that I have today is the prayer of faith. Is there a counterfeit for the prayer of faith? What is the enemy of faith? Presumption. Yes, presumption. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. We have the Holy Spirit's power, the calm assurance of faith that can claim God's promises. The Lord's promise, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, is just as trustworthy now as in the days of the apostles. As I think about that verse, I remember my own personal experience. Um, I worked with Adventist Frontier Missions for a while. I was in the jungle of the Philippines. That was my introduction to overseas mission work. And we were out in the middle of nowhere, out in the bush. And when I was there, I ran a clinic. That was my job, was to take care of the sick. I was 19 years old at that time. So I was planning to be a physician assistant. That was my, my goal. And so when I was there, I really got baptized by fire, as they say. <laughs> you know, I remember countless hours with the physician desk reference, the Merck manual, the village medical manual, where there is no doctor, and all of these books, they were all piled on my uh, table in my bamboo hut, and I was just reading over them because I saw all kinds of different diseases that we just don't see over here in the United States. All kinds of infections, malaria was endemic, people came with tuberculosis and all kinds of itises, you know, all kinds of infections because <coughs> the environment of the Philippines just fostered the growth of all these things. And I remember praying a lot. God would help me and guide me. But what I want to specifically focus on is that after we left as missionaries, we had done some training for some village healthcare workers. And uh, on one particular occasion, there was a severe case of malaria in a young child across the river. Now, the rivers in the Philippines can get pretty intense at times. And in this particular case, it was rainy season. So when they received the call, they were going to go over, but it was impossible. The river was completely impassable. They said, we'll just have to wait. We'll have to pray. We'll have to see if the water goes down. The water finally receded a little bit and they were able to make their way across to the small village. They were greeted by the sounds of mourning. And, you know, this was a tribal village when there was issues. Everyone came together. They came and they found in this bamboo hut 
the lifeless body of this little one and a half or two year old that had uh, suffered from malaria and had died. Cold, cold to the touch, stiff as a board. They went in there and they said, you know, we can't do anything now. You know, the, the, uh, the missionaries gave us some different ideas, different things. They took their malaria medication with them. But what does it do then, right? Nothing. They said the only thing that we can possibly do at this point is pray. So they took this lifeless child in their arms and they prayed a simple prayer. They said, Lord, if it be thy will and for your glory, can you please bring life back to this child? God did it. Breath came back in, that little baby, the color started coming back, that stiff body started loosening up, the breath of life was there again. Prayer works, my friends. I have seen it. It's a powerful thing. God's promises are as faithful now as they have been in times past. Again, ministry of healing, the Savior would have us encourage the sick, the hopeless, the afflicted to take hold upon His strength. Through faith and prayer, the sick room may be transformed into a Bethel. What does Bethel mean? The face of God, the house of God, a place where people come face to face with God. The prayer, the sick room is supposed to be that for many people. And again, many people are open to it. Isn't that right? People are waiting for it. Listen, in word and deed, physicians and nurses may say so plainly that it cannot be misunderstood. God is in this place to save and not to destroy. That's a powerful thing. Now, in the video, I really appreciated that video for sure. Uh, but there was one thing that I would like to encourage. It's not just the chaplain who should be doing the praying. It's everyone who's involved in the care of people. Everyone who's there, physicians, nurses specifically, are pointed out here in this quotation. But it's a ministry that everyone can be involved in. And I believe that especially physicians have a wonderful opportunity to pray with patients. And when the patients see that, I believe there's a bond of trust and the healing can take place in a much greater way than it could without that prayer. Prayer is so powerful, so amazing. And this is where uh, the idea for this talk came from. In many cases of prayer for the healing of the sick, that which is called faith is nothing less than presumption. So, the question is, how can we pray the prayer of faith? Is that what you want to pray? When you pray, is that what you desire, to have the prayer of faith? Let's look at a few points together. I have five steps outlined here. Number one is education. I believe in the power of education. And is there education needed when it comes in regard to prayer? There definitely is. Again, from Ministry of Healing. To those who desire prayer for their restoration of health, it should be made plain that the violation of God's law, either natural or spiritual, is sin, and that in order for them to receive His blessing, sin must be confessed and forsaken. Very interesting. I'd like for you just to ponder this, just uh, the ramifications of it. Many people are suffering. Why? Because of their own choices. And there is a 
part of education. As I mentioned, I, I do public health. I, I do community education and combine it with uh, spiritual care in health evangelism training. And I have seen that this is a key point. God can work in amazing ways when people are educated and they make a few simple changes in lifestyle and they start working together with nature's laws and they start working together with God. So education is very important. Number two is confession. What does the Bible say about confession? James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. And 1 John chapter 1, 9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Definitely a powerful thing. And so helping people experience this confession to God, because as we know, God is the one that we should confess to. As we confess to him our, our, our private sins, and as we interact with others, healing can flow. That's what the verse says, that ye may be healed. Step number three is submission. And this, again, is illustrated in the prayer that we looked at earlier uh, in Roger Morneau's case, remember? He said, Lord, if it be thy will, if it is your design and your plan. And the ultimate submission we find in Jesus himself. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And this is a very important aspect when it comes to the prayer of faith for those who are sick. People need to understand, those that are praying and those that are being prayed for, that God is a God of love. And that whatever is best is what we should be praying for. Not trying to push our own agenda uh, from a human perspective, but allowing God to do His mighty work, and that can bring a lot of relief to people when they can understand that a God of love is really in control of the situation. That in, even if we have the best care, the best medical advances, whatever it might be, just knowing that you're in the hands of a loving God is so powerful for healing. Step number four is trust. Trust, so very important. We all desire immediate and direct answers to our prayers. Isn't that right? For sure. In the environment and world we live in, everything's immediate and it's no different when it comes to spiritual things. And are tempted to become discouraged when the answer is delayed or comes in an unlooked-for form. But God is too wise and good to answer our prayers always at just the time and in just the manner that we desire. So trusting God. Trusting that he will answer at exactly the right time and exactly the right way. Very, very important. Very, very powerful for us. And then step number five, when we're looking at the prayer of faith, is use the available remedies. I like this one as well. It's very, very important. Page 232 of the same book, Ministry of Healing. Those who seek healing by prayer should not neglect to make use of the remedial agencies within their reach. It is not a denial of faith to use such remedies as God has provided to alleviate pain and to aid nature in her work of restoration. 
powerful thought and people need to understand this because sometimes you know it seems like there's uh, a warfare that's going on is it science or is it religion and spirituality do they go together yes they do true religion and true science go together perfectly and that's the world that we live in today people are looking for that beautiful blend of those two things you know, and I, Loma Linda is in a prime place to exemplify both of these things because many people around this area and around the world know Loma Linda as a place of excellence. Excellence in regard to medical care, excellence in regard to education and the advances there should also be known as the place to exemplify spiritual care and praying for the sick. It should be a place that people say, wow, it's amazing how much prayer happens for the sick. Because when the two things are combined together, great things can happen. And I encourage you, chapter 17 in Ministry of Healing talks about those uh, agencies, the remedial agencies. I encourage everyone to take a look at that. You know, as we ponder the power of prayer and we think of what it can do in someone's life, I would like for us to enter into that just a little deeper. Roger Morneau had 700 people on his prayer list. I don't know how many you have on yours, but I think we could all do better. There's a power of intercessory prayer. Jesus specifically prayed for others by name. And I think it would, we would see amazing things happen the more that we follow the example of Jesus. He was the greatest healer that the world has ever known. There was no disease that was incurable to him. Matthew chapter 4 describes Jesus' ministry. It talks about him going throughout the towns and the villages. It talks about him teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of disease. And it shows us very clearly that there was no disease that Jesus could not handle. No disease. You know, I don't believe in incurable cases, incurable diseases, in uh, or inoperable conditions. God, as the great physician, can do whatever he desires. He can do amazing things through the prayer of faith. It can bring healing like nothing else can. So, again, these five steps like to just put them up there again. Education, confession, humility, trust, and using the available remedies. Is there any questions that uh, you have or comments in regard to this today? I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been challenged. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. I, I think that at a prayer seminar, if we did not pray, it would be a disservice to the seminar itself. But any comments or questions? Yes. Um, I've come across quite a few people who ask me to pray for them, and I say, sure. But I said, why don't you pray? Because, well, God won't listen to me because I am unworthy, basically. Yes. But he'll listen to you because you're strong in your faith. And, and I said, actually, he'll listen to you more because he's missing you. And still, they want me to pray for him. So, is there... I don't think there's levels of favoritism with God. It's just trying to understand how do I 
encourage these individuals to actually try prayer for themselves? That's a very good question. You know, there are a lot of people who literally have never prayed, have never uttered a verbal prayer in their life. And so helping people to do that, I think, is a very positive thing. But if someone is really saying, you know, please, I don't feel comfortable or whatever, and they're willing to receive prayer, you know, that's one thing that I always, I, I always encourage. You know, would you like me to pray with you? And I'm so surprised at how many people say sure. And I think that sometimes we're a little bit nervous to even ask the question. But as we've seen, people are open to it. So praying with people, encouraging them to do so is very important. And if they don't feel comfortable, but they want you to pray, go for it. But uh, thank you very much for, for sharing, for sure. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts, is what I understand. And, you know, how can you go about uh, interacting with people in this regard? Yeah, so next week will be really good. Any other comments? A couple of questions. Um, I've noticed in some cases that... Uh, especially pastors, have been hesitant to uh, encourage children to pray because they were worried that if they were praying for one of their friends or a child and that child died or was not healed, it would damage their faith. Mm -hmm. So what do, we, uh, what do we say about that? That's a, a very... Tricky question, very challenging one, right? Because we want to foster faith and encourage young children. But I think the key is to go through those five steps. And the children can understand as well that if we understand that God is a God of love, that's the key point. Do we understand that God is a God of love? If we understand that, then it's much easier to encourage children to have the same faith that we would experience whether someone is healed or whether they're laid to rest it is really for the best because God is a God of love and he can see the end from the beginning so I would never discourage a child from praying I would always encourage them to pray but to pray as we are encouraged to in God's name and if it is his will take them to the prayer of Jesus you know Jesus was willing to do either one and I think it'll be a blessing. Did you have another question as well? You said you had a couple. Well, you had mentioned about the idea of presumption in contrast to another type of prayer, but I didn't really hear a lot of what your contrast, your comparison contrast was. Sure, sure. The quote that I took it from was, uh, you know, that many prayer that is pray that is labeled prayer is not really the prayer of faith, but presumption. And then these five steps are actually to show what the prayer of faith is. So presumption would be the opposite of those things, not including those things. I saw another hand. Yes. Okay, so for the sake of the recording, let me uh, repeat that one. And that was simply saying that uh, in the case of smoking cessation among pregnant women, one of the most uh, successful things in this particular case was prayer and the power of prayer. Yeah, prayer is, 
you know, I've done a lot of uh, smoking cessation programs myself, and I worked at a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center as well, and I saw the power of prayer work as really nothing else can. I mean, you, you can't explain it. It's just amazing. It's divine. Yeah. Okay. Anything else before we have our own session of prayer? I know our time is limited. Thank you for taking your lunch break to be here, for sure. Anyone else? Okay. Well, again, thank you for being here. And we had some prayer request cards. I don't know if any of you took them, but if you did not, uh, please do so. Fill those out. And I'd like to invite you to come down this way and we'll just pray together. Okay? Just come on down this way. Those who would like to join us and we are going to have an opportunity for prayer. It's not enough just to talk about it. And as we're praying, I'd like for you to be thinking of uh, who you may want to bring to the Lord in prayer because as we pray for others, this intercessory prayer can be so very powerful. So just feel free to gather around. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to give a little uh, pause, a little silence halfway during the prayer to give you an opportunity to pray specifically for others. Intercessory prayer. Think of those in your own circle of influence who are those who are critically ill, those who are in need of help, and let's pray for them together. But let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can come together in freedom and we can have a meeting like this. I really want to thank you for the opportunity to come to you in prayer. Help us to truly do so in faith, knowing that you are good and that you love us so very much, that you love every person on this planet. Again, we are thankful that you have an ear that is open to hear our prayers. Father, forgive us where we have neglected this wonderful blessing, this wonderful tool that we can reach others. We have seen that the world around us is filled with people who are open for prayer and that actually would like to have it discussed in a, an environment of health and healing. And so I pray that you will give each one a opportunity and desire to reach out and help others in this way that truly we can work to make man whole, that it is balanced care taking in re regard every aspect of life. At this time, Father, we want to just spend some quiet moments praying for those that we know uh, who need prayer, praying for ourselves and for others. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being a prayer-hearing and prayer-answering God. Please help us to understand that you are a God of love and that somehow all things can work together for good for those who love you. Help us to instill faith in others. We know that many people, when they are sick, when they are coming to the hospital and to different um, places here on the Loma Linda campus that they are seeking for help. And many of them who might have 
never come to you before are at this point. Help each doctor, each nurse, each person at whatever level that they are working here to make this place a Bethel where people can know that there is a God in heaven. A God in heaven who loves them and wants what is best and only does those things that will be for their best interest, not just for the short term, but for eternity. I pray for each one who is around this circle as we all go back to our different responsibilities this afternoon. I pray that you will help us to pray the prayer of faith, that we can always do those things that please you because you are good. Put love in our hearts, we pray, for we know that without you we can do nothing. But with you all things are possible. Again, we thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.